Hey everybody, um, welcome back to this week's episode of Twist Turns and One Liners. This week we watched American Sniper, which is from 2014, directed by Clint Eastwood. Um, this is a biographical war drama about Chris Kyle. It's based on a true story, well, based on a memoir with the same title. Um, and it follows Chris Kyle, uh, who is like has the most kills of any like sniper in the navy or military. Navy, yeah, he's a navy seal sniper. Was a navy seal sniper. Yeah. Um yeah. So that's pretty much the rundown of it. It I okay, I got that wrong just before we started recording. I thought he had like 160 kills, but now it says that I'm reading, it says, the film follows the life of Kyle, who became the deadliest marksman in U.S. military history with 255 kills from four tours in the Iraq War, 160 of which were officially confirmed by the Department of Defense. What what does that mean? So, Like, how can only some be confirmed? 255, according to the memoir, I'm assuming, and according to word of mouth. And then, but only 100, what did you say, it was 160, Mm -hmm. could be officially confirmed. (laughs) Got and it. I think I think they briefly mention that they briefly talk about the difference there in the movie too, where there's a part where he said that like he had more in, in a certain day, but they like they dragged the bodies off, so like oh they yes, get the I remember count. that. You're right. Yeah, he was like he, for one, they were like, "How many did you get today?" And I think he said like twelve, but they dragged some of the bodies off, so I only got ten or, or whatever, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, this was really good. I really liked this movie. Um, saw it got nominated for some Oscars. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it says it won one. But uh, Bradley Cooper deserved Best Actor. Slay. But I also don't know who he was against that year. I will look. Um, but he did a really good job. Shout out Bradley Cooper. A slay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was up against that year, Benedict Cumberbatch, Steve Carell, Michael Keaton, and Eddie Redmayne, who ended up winning. Well, oh well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the movie starts off with, um, I think you see like young, young Chris. Well, uh, it's, it's him aiming down the sniper scope first. Oh, that's right. It, okay. When you're he's right. Aim, and he's seeing the exchange happen with the. The woman the and the boy. Yep. And then it cuts to him shooting the deer. That's right. That's right. You see him like fire the shot, but then it doesn't, you don't actually see it land at first. It goes, yeah, to a Yeah. We kind of, we kind of get, yeah, we get to the, it, it does the whole, how did, how he got to that point. Right. Like, that's the whole. That's Which like that was cool. I like that. the movie. Yeah. Um, but then like his dad, <laughs> what I liked about that part is he's like so excited that he just shot an animal and then he's like. You never put your gun down, yeah. um, which like, yeah, you don't. I wanna, would never know that. You don't want to dr- Basically, <laughs> just said don't drop it in the dirt. Basically, saying you gotta, you gotta respect it and keep it, keep it nice. Basically, right. Um, but yeah. So I'm. Tr- this was. It was like not as long as some other movies we've watched, but still like so much happened that like trying to remember the beginning is hard. But mm-hmm. something with rodeos yeah you him and his brother were like trying to trying to make some money 
riding horse and doing rodeo shows. Yeah. Before, basically, they were contemplating, like, basically doing it full time when uh, there were some bombings yep. somewhere that basically encouraged him, encouraged him to enlist. 1998 U.S. Embassy bombings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he finds his girlfriend cheating on him. Yeah, when he, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so he's like, well, I'm going to be a U.S. Navy SEAL. Um. What's a Navy SEAL? Um, they're, it's basically a, like, um, they're a type of soldier that basically passes a higher scrutiny entry, like, barrier. Like, it's, they're, they're, the training they go through and stuff is more rigorous than, like, just somebody, like, joining the army. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know. Yeah, they're under the wing of the Navy, and they, I'm pretty sure they operate, excuse me, the Navy operates in sea, land, and air, but they're like, kind of like the elite guys yeah. of the Navy. Okay. That makes sense. SEALs are typically ordered to capture or to kill high-level targets. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was, we get to see like an inside look at like the training that they have to do. My, bit of it. Yeah. I guess, like, this is a question that, like, I don't think we can really answer, but I'm just going to put it out that I did have the thought of, mm-hmm. the, like, what actually is accurate. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure there's going to be some stuff that's probably changed a little bit to to do it, to kind of serve whatever purpose they wanted to serve. But I think for the most part, like, the kind of stuff that we saw in general does happen. I'm pretty sure I've seen some, like doc related stuff that kind of has a lot of similar things in it obviously what we saw was a super condensed version but the gist the gist of the training that we saw is them weeding out the people who would give up right 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 i mean and that's i feel like that's consistent with any like military film that you see is like the training that was pretty rough and they're trying to get they want the the toughest people right because you need the toughest toughest people right right so even though it's like kind of a basic classic montage i liked it mm-hmm. it's cool to watch and you know when they make them go into the ocean i guess mm-hmm. or whatever that was um and they all like are like connected and like have to lay there first i'm like why is this like are they gonna like pretend to like waterboard them like what's happening then i realized it was just really cold well cold and the tide keeps coming in over their faces and yeah so kind of waterboarding (laughs) slightly um but like yeah okay whatever um yeah that was the whole conversation about them like when the guy said his nuts were back up in his body yeah because it was so cold oh yeah 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 but i mean got to see that and then then does it cut to the bar yeah, it's after he. It's yeah, after he becomes a seal, he's at the bar and he meets what's her nuts and Taya, I think is her name. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the guy that originally comes up to Taya and is like trying to hit mm-hmm. on her, and then she's like, "I just saw you take your wedding ring off." I've seen him in a few other things, and so it was it, like, but like kid shows. Mm-hmm. So I did, it was really funny to see him. Like he was. Uh, he's in a season of uh, Dexter. 
too. Oh, okay. Okay, it was. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't last long. He had like two seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I I love a good classic love story of like a not like enemies to lovers, but it's like a girl with like an exterior, and then like guy breaks down the exterior. You know what I mean? Yeah, the thing that happens like all the time. All the time, but it's great because it's like a like tough girl, you know, who's mm-hmm. like. I would never marry a seal. Okay, well, mm-hmm. 20 minutes later you do, so. Right. <laughs> but she seems she seemed like a cool character like overall. Like, you know, she wasn't overly dramatic, I felt like in the film. Mm-hmm. Like she seemed very realistic. Yeah. And you know, I I was glad that we never saw her like I don't know, just be annoying. I felt like all her reactions were yeah. justified. Right. And I mean, really you're I mean, a worse movie would have paid more, would have had that, had her have more screen time. But I think <laughs> like she had a it, good it's amount. not, it's not about it. Like it's hard. It's not so much about her. It's right. So I feel like she had a good role for the amount that she was in. You right. Know? Right. I mean, obviously she's, has to be there cause it's a big part of his life, but. Right. But yeah. And yeah. We can, I mean, yeah, I mean, at that point, they get married, and then shortly after, or shortly after they get married, 9-11 happens, and then he goes on his first deployment. Yeah. Yep. And then it cuts back to the opening scene. Right, because that happened, yeah, that that was his first, those were his first, like, kills in his first deployment, in his first ever deployment, yeah. Yeah, because his first kill was the little, no, it was the- It was the boy the, first. It was? Yeah. You're right. It was a little boy first, and the, so that's the, I think I referenced this in the last episode, but that's the clip that I had seen before, or like that I remembered, uh, is like him having see, to shoot, because he was carrying like a grenade or something. I may have seen this before, but I definitely, like, it's one of those things that if I did, I probably blocked most of it out, because the only thing I do remember is the very last scene after he, after he kills the other sniper, and then they start getting attacked from all sides like that scene seemed really familiar Mm -hmm. seemed really familiar to me but it also probably happens in another movie similarly yeah but um something i want to mention right off the bat that i didn't like about this movie is the special effects in this movie were so distractingly bad like the like the blood squibs and stuff when people were getting shot were so clearly like <laughs> post CG stuff where like there's there's moments in it where there's like this thing in visual effects I don't remember what exactly they refer to it as but it's like an X it's a cross like an X or a cross that gets um that happens in the air from the blood splattering. And it's basically what it is, is is it's a a really widely used like uh, asset that they'll use for blood splatter, like Mm -hmm. in like to put in the special effects. Like basically it's from a lot, like a library of effects that a lot of people pick from. So they end up picking the same thing. And then you see that same like X crop up. I don't, I didn't see that specifically, but it felt like that sort of thing. Where like a lot of the times the tracking on that stuff wasn't very good, uh, and the first the first time it happens and the most notice- noticeable time it happens to me. Well, once you notice it once, you and you you start seeing it a lot more. But when he shoots the kid, the the blood squib is so clearly like not on him, 
like on the kid mm-hmm. that's so clearly like post like put in in post yeah. where i think like like they've been doing squibs and and like fake stuff practically for you know 100 years like yeah. decades decades right and for them to do it that way was kind of weird i guess maybe there's some weird reason they had to do it but it definitely looked funky and then I, there's it felt like all the like this is so like morbid but like i felt like all the blood splatters looked the same yeah that's kind of that's kind of what part of saying. it too yeah yeah like yeah. it just they all were like the you know the bullet goes through and then like just you know, perfectly a later, on the wall like, behind <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but i guess there in- was one the only one that looked convincing was later on in the movie the second seal that gets shot like that gets hit a bunch of times like down his mm-hmm. chest that looked pretty okay but yeah. like that, like the the squibs, the any of the the scenes with helicopters, the helicopters look like terrible. <laughs> like the flyover scenes weren't very good. They those yeah. are pa- more pass passable. I get the deer one. It, like even though the deer thing could have been better. And then we like, I think okay, we can just get it out of the way now because we don't need to talk about it anymore because it's something that it crops up everywhere. But the baby. The the toy baby and the CG hand that's like moving around like really weird because they didn't have a baby on the day. Okay, so here's the thing about that. I don't feel like I normally notice like, you know, stuff like that just because especially when you're watching a movie for the first time, you might bad. not catch it, right? This was bad. But I didn't notice the, I mean, I kind of, I know what you're saying about the blood splatter thing, but I didn't notice that as much. Mm-hmm. But the baby was so bad. Right. Like, it's, not, it's, it's like on the Wikipedia page, there's literally a section at the bottom that says prop baby. Oh, like what it, does it say? It, uh, does it say why? Area, uh, when discussing the film's process, blah, 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 blah. The reason why, <laughs> the reason why American Sniper is not going to win is because of the plastic baby. Um, <laughs> no, it was really bad. I mean, yeah. It was so yeah, stiff. Yeah, like yeah. There's a thing. There's a th- yeah. I remember I had read this. They said, uh, "Hate to ruin the fun, but real baby number one showed up with a fever. Real baby number two was a no show." Oh. And then he, and then he mocks, uh, Clint Eastwood's voice and says, "Give me the doll, kid." Well, that kind of sucks, though. That's not really their fault, then. Yeah, but just, I feel like why not just I feel film like, the scene another or, day? Oh, well, that's a lot harder to schedule that kind of stuff. I like, know. I but, understand that sort of thing. Yeah. I think what they should have done, could have done, is wrapped it in like a like what is that called? Swat like a, a swaddle. swaddle, like done that, and then it's like just like they did later. There's a baby that's also kind of noticeably a prop baby, mm. it, but it's it's uh, one of the. Iraqi people has it. I'm assuming that's it was from an Iraq scene, scene in Iraq where it was wrapped in. It was wrapped, mm-hmm. and they were holding it without the face showing out. Mm-hmm. Much less distracting. Yeah, I know because you could see like the side of the face of the yeah. baby, and that's really <laughs> yeah. what gave it away. Because yeah. at first I was like, that baby is not like doing any of like the cooing or any like face right and it motion. had a weird creepy like flowy like cg hand when she was holding it and then when he was holding it he was he like was he was moving it. the arm yeah yeah but anyway. wait i didn't notice i didn't notice the cgi hand yeah. hold on i want to you can keep we, talking but while you're doing that i just want to look for um, the, what i'm looking at but uh i think for the most part a lot of that stuff for me was super distracting and yeah. it's and like uh, another part when it's when he's covering guys that are kind of going door to door, I think, 
it's when it's doing the little montage of him like getting kills make like showing that he's protecting everyone below we're right. showing the guys below you hear the sniper shot and then a guy falls to the yes. ground yes clearly a dummy that falls to the ground and you see it's like limbs do the weird like <laughs> flailing out dummy thing and then yeah. when the camera pans down to it there's a guy laying there not even like remotely like the same st- like stature as the right. dummy or in the same position yeah. and it's in- it was instant I that was the only part I rewound I rewound that to watch it again because it was so fucking funny to me that CGI hand is so bad yeah so uh, anyway that for me that took a lot out of this movie and Which that that, sucks. that among a couple other things um that are much more topical to the whole scenario that kind of like was kind of left it be not so it, stellar like that just okay so you're kind of more like critiquing the a lot of it's hindsight well but like critiquing like how the movie was made like it's like camera wise it's not we're not critiquing like the store like you liked the story and the plot or no yes and no um i think in general i think the story was well told mm-hmm. but like knowing some of the stuff that i know of or at least some of the stuff that's been said, like, outside, like, prior to the movie coming out about Chris Kyle, and then also knowing what we know about the Iraq War makes it kind of weird, like, kind of like... Well, the the big thing is, a big part of the movie, and, I, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to remember the name, because I... Of the it, target? It, not of the sniper, but, like, of, like, the... The guy that they were justifying all this stuff around. So, basically, what ended up happening is, like, with the invasion of Iraq and the Iraq War, like, our government basically made up made up evidence to justify us invading Iraq when Iraq wasn't, like, involved, like, directly. What? With, yes, yeah. Okay, I need to go back and watch that freaking Netflix mini docu-series about the war on terror because that's war war on terror is Iraq Mm -hmm. I know nothing I should just preface probably that I know nothing about the military so basically what happened is (laughs) 9-11 happened yes no it's called 9-11 and the war on terror so that's right so Netflix documentary 9-11 happened just I'll try to I'll try to keep it brief 9-11 happened and after 9-11 happened a couple things were going on they needed somebody to tag it on to show that they were going to do something about it. And then at the same time, they were looking for any excuse to go into Iraq. Why? Uh, a lot of, a handful of different things. The big one, a couple big ones are, um, well, I, I, I don't know if necessarily I could say this was the primary one and it, and it was one of them. I'm not going to try to label one primary reason or the other because really right now I don't remember and I don't want to I don't want to say You're anything. Wrong. I don't want to say, say anything way off base. Okay. But it's around this stuff. A big part of it oil. Oh yes, I did that was in the series. Uh of the uh, episodes I watched. Basically uh another basically another territory that we want to have control of basically. Just that's the those that's the gist of it. We don't okay. need to, but anyway. So 
they were trying basically trying to find a way to tie 9-11 to this. So what ended up happening, and again, I, I'll probably get some stuff wrong, but the gist is there. They found they found this guy who basically at one point or another uh they had said was they had said this some this guy was like a had a direct line to Osama bin Laden was like in the was, movie they said this yes yes i think they they mentioned it in the movie but in real life this is oh, like a okay, thing okay so they they i think it's the guy that they mentioned in the movie but, but yeah i think that happens like pretty early on so they say this guy has this connection to bin Laden and he's in doing this stuff with Al Qaeda in Iraq mm-hmm. and he's the reason we need to go in sure. and invade Iraq because like it's they're responsible. Right. In reality, I th- again, I'm just going to preface it every time. I might be off. But <laughs> this guy basically from what I'm to understand is this guy basically the only connection he had to Osama bin Laden was maybe was in the same room with him once. Uh, and he wasn't actually like this like huge like head of a bunch of al-Qaeda guys. Uh, but when we said he was invade and like the whole invasion of Iraq while that's all going on, he became that guy because we said he was that guy. Okay. So like basically through notoriety and stuff he rose okay. to that kind of position. Okay. So basically we made up a BS like we piled together evidence in in the most like Stupid, any way they could possibly combine evidence to give us a reason to invade Iraq. But was Osama bin Laden not in Iraq? Um, why couldn't I they just... I don't think so. I actually think, I actually think you're right. I don't think he was. I feel like he was in a, another country because, like, it, for some reason that just sounds right to me. Because otherwise it wouldn't make, like, it wouldn't make sense, right? Like, then why not just put bin Laden as the, the target, mm-hmm. right? Like, why try to tie another connection when it's pretty obvious? But I, I don't know if they talk about this either, like, if you know the answer to this. But, like, I wonder how they even knew, like, it was Al- Al-Qaeda? Qaeda? Like, how'd they even know it was them who did this 9-11 attack? I mean, I think a lot of it's, well, I'm a lot of it's the fact that we were already stationed over in other places in the Middle East. Yeah. And, like, the CIA does CIA stuff. So, like, you know, and... They just figured it out. Right. I think there are plenty of... Plus, like, I would imagine, too, that's not something that you don't brag about after you've done it, sort mm-hmm. of a thing. But, at any rate, what ends up... What what the whole... This whole... what I'm The whole point I'm trying to make... I just wanted to say real quick, I think he was mainly in Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan. Yeah. Is what it looks like. So... The the whole thing I'm trying to say with this whole thing is yeah. it's another one of those times. It's just one of the other times of many where we put our military into a place where they shouldn't have probably been in the first place. A shit ton of people died. Yeah. Like a fuck ton of people died. And just for like now we've since pulled then out. we've pulled out and all that all the shit's been just gone back to where it was, if not worse from than before. and. The how it how I'm how this movie kind of makes it feel weird is and this too is in combination with some of the stuff that has been said about Chris Kyle. Again, I can only go off what I've read. But in from what I'm to understand in the book, and he kind of acts this way a little bit in the movie too. I think just he's not as crass about it. Basically, like 
every Iraqi person is a savage, not just like the men who stick around to fight, but all mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So like the whole, I think the whole thing, uh, uh, one of the things that people were kind of, I don't, I don't know if they were, I'm, I, I would bet they were assuming, I wouldn't assume, but it would, it's definitely a conclusion that you could draw was that he was kind of just a psychopath who wanted to go over there and kill a bunch of people. Like it, it grew into that where, because I mean, if he like, and so it's one of those things where like, I get the the mentality that the other soldiers had towards him and that whole thing that kind of like how he became like a hero to them and like that environment and that world because for sure it's true like there's definitely people trying to kill our people he's protecting our people from those people when mm-hmm. in situations where he can so that stuff makes sense but then like also there were some unsubstantiated i think that's the word unsubstantiated like claims that he had made about the government contracting him to shoot looters during Hurricane Katrina. Like, so, like, there's some, like, weird, sketchy stuff. Claims. Every time I like something, it has to be ruined. You don't, it doesn't have to ruin the movie for you. because <laughs> but it I think does. Because I think, I think it, what the movie still does, what the movie still does well is... Although I think there's a movie that does parts of it better, and I'll get to that in a second too. Um, the the idea of him coming whenever he would come home, he'd feel helpless at home. Like yeah, he, I liked he, I liked the PTSD portrayal in this film. Like, and it's one of those things where, like, even outside the PTSD thing, like you could tell at least the way they portrayed him was that like he felt that if he wasn't over there doing that stuff, he was wasting his basically ability or his time at all not being you know and obviously it gets to that later it gets to that it gets to the point where somebody makes sense to that him makes sense of that to him later but um yeah i don't know it's just one of those things where the whole i don't know it's i'm not i'm not saying it's not worth it doesn't have any value, and I'm not saying it's not all bad. I'm not saying it's all bad because it's definitely not. It's just those those little inklings of things while watching it definitely make you watch it from a different perspective. I I get it, and thank you for explaining all that because it helps. But it's just like I don't I don't do a lot of research on stuff before I watch it or I read it, right? Like mm-hmm. before I consume any type of content, mm-hmm. so. I might like like something on the surface and then if it gets really popular or if just other people have seen it, they come in with this information like, well, I read this and I heard this. And if you did, mm-hmm. if you did some research on it, you would know this. And I'm like, God, fuck. Yeah, I would like, say why I should do. I don't even know where to look is the problem because there's just so much freaking information and so many different takes shoved in your face. that it's like, how am I supposed to know what's actually the truth? And this guy couldn't even tell us because he's dead. Well, I mean, he wrote a memoir. <laughs> well, I'm going to read the memoir, but it's also like, like, he might not see what he was doing as right. bad. Right. And other people are, you're saying, might view him as more like you. You were kind of like, like for, right. one of those guys who... It, that's the that's they, the that's the thing for sure, is that what he was doing, he felt was completely necessary. And at the time, like... I can't speak, I, I obviously, none of us can speak on the 200 and whatever, however many people that he shot. Like, there's no way of ever, there's no way of knowing ever, yeah. like, what the situation was there. 
so really you can only go based on what you know for sure and in terms in terms of i think i think it's one of those things where you shouldn't you shouldn't feed into it all one way or the other it's a gray it's definitely there's it's definitely lays in the gray area yeah for sure and in terms of like the whole like looking into stuff for this one it was mainly just the stuff specifically about chris kyle like the other stuff once you start taking in more and more content you'll start to remember stuff and i know i just like i almost don't like looking into stuff because i want to like something and i don't want it to be ruined you know mm-hmm. like sometimes it's like when you watch an old comedy you're like oh i don't even want to see these bad jokes as bad because i want to like the movie because mm-hmm. i liked it right. whatever point being is that um i know like a common thing said about literally any military movie is that it's like military propaganda mm-hmm. and i'm a sucker for military propaganda <laughs> i'm just gonna say it like they they make it's... when i'm watching it i'm thinking like wow these people are fucking badasses and they're heroes and fuck yeah i think it's <laughs> worth noting though that i'm pretty sure clint eastwood's like an outspoken anti-war guy so I don't oh. think I don't think his I don't think the point of the movie is necessarily to try to fire people up to enlist well, because I think I, also, I think the focus is more on the coming home part. Yeah, no, it. Is. I also think like that's that's fucking stupid. Who like what's wrong with military propaganda? Uh, there can definitely be stuff wrong with it. And it the the thing it's that, encouraging people to join the military under false pretenses. Is that the problem? Because I understand that being yeah, a problem. That's kind of part of it. Basically, it's basically I think what I think one of the arguments is people feel that they're that it's glorifying a thing that like people don't want to be a thing. And there's certain okay. there's certain instances too. Where again, in in this with this, well, using this movie as an example, like in the end of it all, in the, after all was said and done, all like all this stuff has started to come out. Like a lot of those, like a lot of the people that he killed and were killed during the Iraq War, like probably should would should have never been killed in the first place because the reason we were there was yeah. Sketch. I mean, I get that. I just I feel like it, it's like complex because i understand yeah glorifying something that we don't want to be doing and you don't want people to like think that that's what the military is actually going to be like and then Mm -hmm. they enlist and get the thing wrong but also i do feel like um there are a lot of people who don't appreciate people who do go into the military enough Mm -hmm. like we do, we do like you know public recognition at like mm-hmm. big events, and you know you honor your service men and women. But I, I do feel like there's sometimes, like you know, there could be more appreciation. And so I feel like watching this film personally made me feel like, oh, I really don't know what it's like to be in the military, and like I should probably be more appreciative of the people that are mm-hmm. like protecting our country. Because I think, wouldn't you agree that there's definitely some people who, like, don't give a shit and think, like, we shouldn't, like, why do we even need the military? And it's like, I think um, they do a lot more for us probably than we realize. I think part of it, I think a big part of it isn't, 
I mean, for sure, there's people that are just completely anti anti military, one hundred percent across the board. But I think what I think the argument that comes up a lot more for kind of a closer to the middle of the road argument is the U.S. like find we find ourselves being needing to be everywhere. When, yeah, no, that's an, yeah, so that's annoying. So it's one of those things where, like, if somebody signs up for if somebody like enlists and then they go enlist knowing that they like, okay, that's not the way, the right way to start that. Let's say <laughs> like they deploy people to somewhere where, again, where we don't need to be, where we feel like we need to go play, you know, we need to play hall monitor or whatever. Like it's, it's those instances where people, I think where a lot of people are outspoken about mil- the military because a lot of the reason why we find ourselves in conflicts that we probably don't need to be in is the money behind it all. Like, have you heard? You've heard? Of, have you heard the concept of military-industrial complex? So basically, with that, the idea behind that is that the U.S. is constantly needing to find conflict because the amount of money that it makes. Oh through... yeah, well, the, that well, that's the biggest part of the federal budget is right. Defense. Right. So, like, if if they can find an excuse to send troops here, send munitions there, it's feeding back into government, feeding back through government contracts towards these defense contractors that basically run the show. So, like, they make all this money off the government, mm-hmm. while the also basically it it becomes a, it becomes a cycle where they they don't directly well for basically they directly bribe our government officials yeah to make sure that they can keep getting these government contracts so like that's that's a big reason why a lot of people have a problem with the whole ukraine stuff right now and all the stuff we've sent over there because it's just it's feeding into that yeah i i get it i get that you know and i like agree that like the U.S. like is often involved in stuff where it does feel like, why are we involved in this? Like, this isn't even our problem or mm-hmm. our business. But like, I'm playing like devil's advocate with myself because I don't know. I just I feel like if you're not from a military family or like you don't have close, con- I just feel like if a military a person in the military was like sitting with us right now, like. I don't know. I feel I feel the need to say that, like, I don't know. I just feel like people don't appreciate the military. And, it, like, they maybe do, and I'm just getting it wrong because I'm just seeing what I see on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And that's just the younger generation. You know, I think the older generation has more of an appreciation. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so I think that's what pissed me off is, like, the younger generation. And, like, I'm guilty of doing that, which is why, like, I'm trying to, like, hold myself accountable by saying Mm -hmm. this but um i think you're there's both things can be true like we can be frustrated about that there there's so much money involved and that we're involved in things that we don't need to be Mm -hmm. while also still appreciating the people on the like the men and women in service who you know right are putting their lives out for us um somebody I was listening to a podcast and they were saying like we should cut down like the budget, the defense budget. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, people who are defensive of the military or whatever you want to say, like, we're like, 
no, like you can't do that. Like we need a, you know, strong military. Mm -hmm. And then the person was, the host was like, but like that money is not going into our, the pockets of like our service people. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's going going into the big people at the top. The defense contractors is where the money's going. There you go. So like, that's frustrating too, because it's like, how do you, you know, break it down that you're upset about the defense contractors, but you also are really thankful for like people in service. So it's like, without saying all of what I just said Mm -hmm. to explain it, because if you say just pro-military or anti-military or pro-war, anti-war, people make these assumptions and that's what makes me mad is because I think probably before this conversation, you would have probably assumed that I would come in with like a very like, anti-war yeah i don't know know. i didn't really have i i would say i would didn't really have a preconceived idea just because we've this has never come up in any conversations we've ever had well and like i mean no one wants war like Mm -hmm. we want peace but i'm just saying that i feel like a a cliche of someone like me you would maybe suspect to be like they don't give a shit about the military it's like i'm trying i'm trying to show my respect (laughs) yeah i think it's it's one of those things where it's one of those things where like our it'd be different it'd be different if it it was easily justifiable like they could give us like exact information about why decisions are being made without like you know oh that's you know that's confidential information we can't Blah, 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 yeah, blah. no, they don't tell us shit. And like, there's, and there's like, the whole like, not to under, not to underplay it, but I'm gonna underplay it a little bit. The whole protecting our country and our freedoms, I think that argument only ho- doesn't hold as much, doesn't hold as much water as it used to, because like, if there's, if there's a if there's like a civil war going on in a, in a different country and we intervene, like, are we protecting our freedoms? Yeah, no, that makes right. no sense. And like, there's a part in the movie too. Uh, there's a part in the movie too where he says something when he he, I don't know, I don't know if it's before when they get a guy or before bef- when they're trying to get this get the guy. He says something about uh, says something along the lines of like. Um, that's like something, something along the lines of that's one less guy that's going to come to San Diego or whatever, Mm -hmm. something like that. Like, like, okay, again, obviously 9-11 happened, but the idea that they're preventing people from coming here and hurting people here. So they're like, by killing them there is a little, yeah, is another thing that's a little off. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of hint at it a lot in the movie of like. Uh, like I, well, when he if he sees like a person who he thinks is a threat, you know he'll radio saying like, "Oh, yeah. I see," blah blah blah, and then they'll say like, "You know the rules of engagement." Your like your call, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes if there's an actual person you know next to him, like I think in one of the first scenes, he's like, he's "You don't want to do it." If- he's just calling his he's just calling his old lady or whatever. He did at the very beginning. The guy that was on the phone up on the roof, he's on the phone. He's like, "I got a guy with the phone." Because he's probably just calling his old lady. Yeah, but so I, like, there's a few other times where like the people will be like, "Don't do it unless you're sure," you know. Like they, they kind of remind the audience of like, 
I feel like they're trying to drill it into our heads that um, there's a reason behind what he's doing. Like he thinks there's a there's a threat, mm-hmm. but really we don't know. Right. Like I mean, yes, they're carrying a grenade. That one in the uh, it's pretty obvious mm-hmm. that they're a threat. But later, you know, when he they show him when the little kid picks up the, the RPG, yeah, yeah, and he's like put it down like he could have probably shot that kid and and it would have been fine because or or like he would have gotten in trouble yes yes because it would have been like oh well he was he could have a weapon right at that same moment just as he dropped it he could have right you know blasted off but right but like the i I think that's something we'll never know is like what's justified what's not because we're not there right and um which i think it it it, it, that kind of thing feeds into the skepticism right but like we do have to trust that people are making good judgment right. calls but we obviously don't know because there are different types of people in this world who to your point like it's kind of a thing that sometimes people say about police is like just sign up so they can shoot people well so they can be like badge bullies mm-hmm. and like assert their power and mm-hmm. it's like yeah there's some people out there that like fucking suck and mm-hmm. do that but there's also very like Right, right. Honorable people right, right, that right. you would hope sign up to do that stuff so that they are making good judgment calls. Right. I think they're trying to frame him, like in the movie, they're trying to make it seem like, you know, he's a pretty good person that is good judgment call. But I wonder if like that's really what right. people thought at the time. Right. Like it would be really interesting to hear from people who he was in combat with. Like, right to see if they viewed him that way. Yeah, I think that's I and I don't. I imagine it was the point in the movie, but I think that was where I think there was supposed to be contrast between that first kill and the kid at at the end. Yeah, was like yeah. By the time at at first he's you know fresh in, doesn't have any kids, doesn't have any yep. thing. But then by the end he's had a couple kids. Right. And now he's like looking at a kid, thinking about it a little differently than he did the first time. Right. I know it's it. That was gonna say too is um. You know that whole thing that people say where it's like watching video games desensitizes mm-hmm. kids to violence? Um, I feel like watching movies like this where, or even like watching the news where real things happen, just seeing anything where you see violence all the time, you do get like desensitized to it. Um, so I do feel like watching him not really react at all when he like kills somebody mm-hmm. was then as an audience member, like I didn't really react because I'm like, Oh, well, right. A lot like, of, a know, lot of it was, a lot of it was kind of just off screen. Like, yeah, I was 10 today. Like that's just a number. But when you think about it, like that's crazy. Like yeah. to not, you know, think me, anything. me with my guilt complex right. would go home and burst into well, tears. And I, <laughs> that's part of, that's part of the kind of person that you have to be to be in these, the, that spot. Right. Right. Like you can't, you can't rack yourself right. with guilt over it because, and that's why the, that's why the function. that's the where the whole PTSD thing comes into play. Where like that kind of thing, once they're there, once they're alone, back home with their thoughts, nothing but their thoughts. You know, it's basically silence back with their thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's when some of that stuff starts to crop up. Yeah, because I do feel like when you're there, I'm sure it's such a high stress environment that you're not. You're oh yeah, you're always on. You're always, you're on, always on alert. Yeah. And you don't have time to like think about your feelings, <laughs> right? Or your experiences, or you're you're trained to shut them off, basically. That's true too. So that's why, like, you can't even blame 
people for not having those emotions then because it's like yeah i don't know like i that's you're basically trained to emotionally manipulate yourself and then when you come out of the military you're expected to just like turn it back on and be fine and it's like i don't know i wonder what the support services look like for people who come out of the military i think historically not great which is which that's pisses me off i think that's part of (laughs) that's part of the argument with the the whole like all the funding is like they have all this going in but none of it to none of it to support yeah anybody after and like particularly as like social worker like that that makes me mad and like hurts my heart because it's like well we only care about them while they're helping us and then after that it's like who gives a shit right and that's literally awful but we should get back into the movie because i have other things that i wanted to talk about <laughs> i think i think at this point we just just jump around okay so there's a part early on where you know chris like you know he's supposed to be sniping people that are threats but then he goes on the ground yep. and he goes with them to like invade houses and yep. see if they can find people who have information and they find I think like the first house we see him go into, he yeah. finds that guy and his son and you figure out that the guy is somehow connected or would have information on where the butcher is. The butcher is. Yes. And they say, after they figure that out, they're like, did you hear like the butcher's weapon of choice is like a drill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is like a pretty quick mm-hmm. drive by line. So then I don't even fully remember like, he's, you know, he's getting the uh, work done on his car. And you're, are you talking about when he's home? No. And he gets the drill? No. Okay, my bad. Um, well, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, first, I wanted to say that, like, the scene, I don't remember how we got to the scene where we see the butcher, like, you know, take, like. The kid? Yeah. With the kid? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's down the, that's down the road a bit. Okay. Yeah. But we see the butcher, like, basically punishing the, the child of this guy who told yeah. information. And he's like drilling. That's drilling the part that was life. like the, the worst to watch, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because I watched like you're watching throughout the movie so many people die, right. but that was like the worst. And it's then, particularly brutal. Yeah. So that kid died, right? I would imagine so. I can't say for sure. But like that part, yes, was crazy. Just to watch, like mm-hmm. I remember, because wasn't our like. The military, the U.S. military guys were like watching that, or they couldn't get there in time. They couldn't couldn't get there because they were pinned down. They were pinned down in that alleyway, and he was up on the roof, pinned down by the sniper. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we saw that all happen. Then they got away. Yes. And then they're like, "Aren't we going to go after him?" And they're like, "No, we're basically they got in trouble for fucking it up." Yes. And they sent them back. And then that was like not long before he was getting sent home from that tour. Yeah. But yes, to your point, there's multiple times throughout the film where we see him come back and you you hear things happen. Mm. So the first time is when he comes back from the first tour and uh, he hears like the lawnmower mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, oh. and then they're like, he's like, I just want to stay here for the day. That was like yeah. one time. And then the second time, yeah, or I don't know which time, but whatever. He's Where at the he, auto store. Auto shop, and he hears like the drill, and it's like, the, oh. And I, I really liked 
those parts of the film. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was really interesting because they they did it in a way where it's like you can't really miss that that's what's affecting him, and like you can put together why. I don't. I don't. I think it's after the third tour or whatever when he. I don't think it's when he's done per million. It's not when he's sitting at the chair and you hear like gunshots and like explosions and you think that he's probably watching the news of war coverage Mm -hmm. and then it like pans and he's actually just like staring at nothing but he's just like hearing that in his head yeah well like on the the first time home he was watching those videos that the guys were sending him of the fighting like from on the ground yeah so like so yeah, it's, it's been, yeah 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 that's the point. He's doing the same right, thing, right? But then you just see his like kids running by, and you realize that he's just like so out of it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he does go outside, and he like attacks that dog, right? Which, I mean, I guess he was assuming that the dog was attacking his kid. Well, remember, I, I think that happened after after the incident with the where he was on the roof getting pinned down by the sniper and there was a dog barking in his face while he was like taking cover. But like, was that the assumption that the dog was attacking or he just was irritated by the presence of the dog? (laughs) I would, I would imagine it was, well, for sure it was like the defense, the, the, the defense fight or flight stuff that flips. So like whether he thought it was attacking his kid or attacking him or attacking anybody, I think that was a gist. Until she, Taya like interjected, you think he was probably going to kill the dog? Probably. Okay. Because I think he, like, took a belt or something. Uh, and, I, like, he's, like, about to. And then she's, like, what are you doing? Like, yells at him, basically. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, and you realize it's just, like, a party full of people. And, you know, when you're watching movies like that where something crazy happens and you you just kind of have, like, secondhand, like, not embarrassment, but, like, uncomfortableness while you're watching. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... That just that scene really stuck out to me, so I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about that one. But I'm trying to think of uh anything else. Um Oh I did have a question that I wrote down. Okay. Which was uh when ta- it's like before he has any kids, um he calls Taya what like, you know, while he's Doing his thing. Up there. And she says, like, hey, did you call your dad or something? He's like, no. And then you realize that um, his brother got deployed to Iraq. Mm -hmm. And then they they run into each other, you know, before they're about to. He's coming back in and his brother's going out. He's coming back in to do stuff and his brother's leaving to go home. Go home. Home, home. Home, home. Okay, yeah. And. I was just curious. I was curious what you thought about that scene because they like seemed like you know like happy to see each other, mm-hmm. and then he says like g- like God, I hate this place. Yeah, basically says fuck this place. Like or yeah, this, yeah, fuck whatever he says. S- but like Chris looked really like hurt by that. I don't even know how to it, take it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was unexpected because I think I think he had assumed his brother would feel the same way that he did. And his brother basically is like, this place is hell. Like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I don't want to die here. Yeah. And where he feels, though, as though it's his responsibility to protect the people that are there. Right. I just thought that was an interesting scene. Mm-hmm. Like, because 
Like we, this, we that would be the that would be the first time that him and his brother weren't like on the same right page. on the same wavelength, right? Yeah, because we see, that I mean, we saw at least. no wonder. I I'm glad they put that scene in the beginning of him protecting his brother because it shows why he has that rationale of like right. he's a protector, right? Like, right. well, right. That's people, what the, that's the whole thing with his dad. His dad says you want to be the sheep dog. Like, if I find any of you being wolves, like I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of you. What was the wolf? It's when they're sitting at the table. He's like, there's three, yeah, there's know, three kind but... of people. There's the sheep. Then yep. there's wolves who prey on the sheep. And he's like, if you are ever a fucking wolf, like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. Like, you, <laughs> you need to be the sheep dog. The guy, the, the guy that protects the sheep. From the wolf. And, get, and, get, and gets the job done, right? They're reliable. You can rely on them to do what they need to do and to get their job done. Yeah. So, it's interesting how they... They grow up in like the same house and how they can come out with these two completely different experiences in the same mm-hmm. like industry. I think I think part of it is that even there at the table, when when they're there at the table as kids, in that instance, his brother is the sheep, right? And he's the sheep. So I think that I think that that. Uh, that like relationship persists through the entire yeah. time. Yeah, so when he's in, when his brother gets deployed, he's still kind of that sheep. So mm-hmm. he doesn't quite, he doesn't quite, you know, take the same. It's, yeah. But it, it like, it makes sense though, why Chris is the way he is given that. Like it's right. I think, right. They make it, they make it clear from the very beginning. There's no care. Like there's like, that's it. Like at least the way they portray it, his character is consistent. Yeah, like consistent throughout. and like was raised to be that way. Right, of ra- like raised to be a protector. So it's not like he. I I just feel like that it paint, it points out a good point that his behavior. That's all he's ever known. Mm-hmm. So it makes like we can't sit here being like, gee, I wonder why he thinks that he needs to do because it's kind of annoying as you're watching with the fights with him and Taya. Where she's like the last one when she threatens to leave him, basically. Yeah, because she's like, "You don't need to protect everybody. Like, I'm fine here, or you know, like whatever." And he's like, "Oh, but I have this like duty to do it." And she's like, "Why?" And I think as an audience member, you might get annoyed with the fact that he has that, Mm -hmm. you know, right personal responsibility. But it makes sense. Yeah, I think the I think the part that's. I think the part that's hard, that's, I mean, and it's, it's the part that gets hammered home to him later, right? That like, there's people that need help here, here, right? Yeah. So like his, his inability to like, to zoom out and look yeah. at the bigger picture is what keeps him going back until he doesn't go back because, excuse me, that picture <laughs> is presented to him. Yeah. That just sounded like it hurt. Um, no, that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean that. He has that realization though when he's probably like, well, he died at thirty eight, so he's probably was probably got out at what like thirty five. So four tours, he was thirty when he enlisted. Thousand days, give or take, give or take, like maybe add a year onto that. So it's a thousand. That's like three or four years. Add a year. Yeah, yeah, I'd say thirty five, thirty six. Yeah, so it's like that's pretty old to first be realizing that. Yeah, you know. I mean, he was older when he enlisted too. True. Um, and by he the had way, kind just, of been living like a 
he had kind of been living like a younger younger guy it, up to the point where he enlisted. Right. So. I just want to say that um, <laughs> if you click on Chris Kyle on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. one of the sections is fabrications of personal. Oh, yeah. Which is, I actually do want to read his book just because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, So next time I go to a bookstore, I'll maybe pick it up. But, I mean, like, it sucks. Um, anyways, back to the film. I feel like there was another thing that was interesting. <gasps> Biggles. <laughs> Let's talk about Biggles. He was one of the other people, other Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. and he gets... Shot, in shot, the face? Uh, yeah, shot in the face, like through the face or through the side of the face or something. Yeah, and that's like the first seal that gets hit, right? And then all of a sudden, I think, I think in like in all, like, oh, I, like I, ever, right? In that conflict, I, I think. Okay, I thought it was just of their unit. I mean, for sure of their unit, but, but I see what you're saying. While you Google that, I was just gonna say though that. That, I feel like, was a turning point for the movie, but also just for Chris's, Chris as a person as well, because I feel like up until then, they were, like, having, like, almost too much, not too much, but they were just constantly successful, like, they had really not experienced any, like, setbacks, mm-hmm. and then he got hit, and then another guy, like, died, and then, I think his name was Mark. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mark, Mark was the first guy to die. Yeah. The other, the first seal to die. Yeah. The other guy was the, I think, the first to get critically injured, and then eventually he died. Yeah. During surgery. During surgery, which when yeah again when he finds that out because when he goes, Chris goes to see him and it's kind of like joking like oh you're gonna like get better yeah and I'll see you. And then all of a sudden, like, literally the next scene, it's like, oh, Biggles died. It's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, again, turning point where we just, he started to have that shift of, like, do I still want to be here? Right. And obviously the major flip of that was that whole sandstorm scenario. <laughs> I, I think, and I and I think that was, that, that was another part that was a little, odd, like, odd to me. Uh, that when the flip happens and how it happens, because he goes back and he basically it's it's not it's it's basically right after he kills that sniper kills the sniper. Mustafa. It's at, yeah, it's at that point where he's like, in the movie at least, where he's like, okay, like it kind of snaps to rea- reality that like he completed his mission. Now he wants to. Now he he's overwhelmed with like what's what next? I want to go home. This is okay, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. So and that I don't I think like obviously the, that's that obviously that's like the conflict that overarches his his tours in the movie. I don't I don't know exactly how it happened in IRL but like that having that like overarching bad guy like mm-hmm. for the movie is felt kind of weird to me. Yeah. That too was crazy because it was like 2100 yards of a shot. Like when they you see his like scope, you can't even like see the person because yeah, it's so you can, small. You can just see like the where like the the cover it was over top of him, mm-hmm. the draped over top of him, and you can kind of just see an outline, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
Okay, so that it was kind of hard to see with the way they filmed that sandstorm. But so he like almost got left behind, I guess, was like the takeaway from that. But then they did save him. I <laughs> I don't know. That was just I thought once weird. the I thought once the helicopters came in and launched everything away, it was like one of those I'm pretty sure it was just like they were getting ready to roll out and he hopped in. No, it was, there was like a, you couldn't really see because there was just a bunch of sand, but you hear like them in the car being like, where's Chris? Where's Chris? Like he was right behind me. And then it, I mean, it says on Wikipedia that he was injured, but I didn't get that from, but I guess Mm -hmm. that would make sense. But I didn't get that from watching. But I mean, I feel like that was, that was a point where there was, I feel like throughout watching the film, there wasn't that many, like, close calls with Chris in particular. Like, he never really seemed... I mean, maybe other than when the guy was he was on the roof and he was specifically targeting just him, you know? Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't know if there was much... That was maybe the only other one where you thought, like, oh, maybe he might die or he might get injured here. You know what I mean? For sure, the injured thing, maybe. Definitely not the die thing, because if you know the story. I know, but if you didn't know the story. that the, I think like, at the time, everybody kind of knew the story. But it, when you're watching it, I feel like it. he didn't really face like any obstacles, it felt like. like he, that's, I guess that's why they called him Legend, because he just was so well, good I mean, at his that's, job. That's the, thing, that's the thing about snipers, right, is that they're, they're not down in the mix. They're up, like off... On top of a building, overlooking everything, out kind of out of the immediate. Yeah, not then, all, not all the time, but I thought for sure when he they told him like not to go down in with the other people, and mm-hmm. then he did anyway. I thought for sure something was going to happen, and I'm sh- I would imagine he got some got reprimanded in some way. I know they didn't show bit. that. I think the idea though is that like with with him embedded in that marine unit. I think there wasn't exactly super tight oversight. I would imagine. I yeah. don't know. I'm a ma- I, I don't know. Right. I, it's, there's a lot of assumption going on. Obviously, there's oversight everywhere, but I'm, I'm, I guess I mean immediate oversight mm-hmm. because, like, a marine, a marine that's like the guy that was up on the roof with him. Like, he didn't give a shit. Like, oh, he's just he's a seal that's here, overwatched for us. Like, right. if he wants to go get himself shot, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we see, we see him finally decide to come back, and he, you know, interacts with that psychiatrist who is like, "Are you basically like, what's up? Like, how's yeah, it going?" Yeah, and oh, forgot one thing I want to talk about. Okay. Um, before Taya has the first baby, when they're doing like the ultrasound, first of all, her belly again looked really fake. You can tell that was a fake belly on there. Um, but also they did his blood pressure Mm -hmm. and I don't know any, like what normal blood pressure is. I actually think it's, never mind. I wanted to say like 120 over 80, but I think that might be wrong. I think it sounds right. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, um, and his was like 170 over whatever. And he's like, is that bad? Yeah. (laughs) And the doctor's like, well, you know, if you only, if you just drink 14 cups of coffee, it's fine. And that I feel like that is pretty typical too for um I would imagine for people in the military to be like, I'm fine, I'm fine because 
again in it's combat you're trained to be else. it's worse it like i he's seen worse he's experienced worse him sitting in this you know hospital this hospital with his wife like this isn't like i'm fine like there's nothing for me to be worried about stressed about right. but yet like yes right and i think i think that's <laughs> the bodily sign i and i could be off on this but i'm pretty sure that's him not being present in the moment 100 percent. that's him feeling though he needs to be elsewhere because obviously when he's doing his job there he's cool as cucumber mm-hmm. yeah i mean for the most part i mean they, they kind of talk about that too when he's in sniper school and he's trying he's not doing very well shooting the targets yep and then he shoots the snake and he's like I, he's like says something like i shoot better when they're breathing or something like that oh didn't catch that yeah it's weird he's aiming he's like he he's talks when he's talking about having his other eye open he goes there's nothing else out there he goes he's like there's always something else out there and he's like what are you talking about and then he aims at the rattlesnake and shoots the rattlesnake and he like obviously the rattlesnake's much smaller than the big lead target that they have out there yeah the steel target that they have out there so then he shoots the snake and then he says like i he's like i shoot better when they're breathing or something like that huh a little sus yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's cool that um, we were able to see, and it's cool that that's a true story, that he did end up having that, like, realization that he can help people here, and he was helping people here, um, and he was having, like, we got to see him having a positive impact in, like, a support group type thing, um, so I, I liked that. Um, yeah, and that last scene, that last scene was sad, um, where we see him, like, pretty content. Like with like life, back to normal. Yeah, like he's finally some semblance of normal found himself back in this normal environment, right. and he's got like a good relationship with his kids again. Um, it was also really sad when he did finally come back, and he like didn't go home right away. And she Taya calls him, and she's like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm stateside." And she's like, "Oh, well, yeah. Why? Like, why aren't you home?" But anyway, so we see him. He's you know gotten better since that point and i thought that last shot which i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um not Pro- earlier on pre, the pod pre pod um where Taya's like looking out the door yeah. and sus on the guy the guy i mean they made him look right on purpose you know right weird and then you know chris goes in the truck with him and then they just put the title card up yeah yeah or yeah so, I am going to try to find it again, but I read um, up on, like, that incident that happened, and apparently, like, yeah, there were Chris and Chad, who was the other guy was there, were setting up targets, and um, while they were setting up the targets, he just started firing and he shot Kyle six times it says um and then it says that after the killings the guy his name is Eddie Ray Ruth went to Taco Bell bought some burritos then went to his sister's house and told her what she had done and then it says um the sister said they went out to a shooting range like he's all crazy he's psychotic and then they asked him, oh, fuck, where did I find that? 
I found something where it said, like, they asked him, like, oh, here we go. Here's where I found it. Okay, so it says, on the way to the shooting range, Kyle texted Chad, the other guy, this dude is straight up nuts. And then Chad responded, watch my six, military slang, meaning watch Mm -hmm. my back. And then it says, Ruth or Roth, however you say it, um, said to the sheriff, I was just riding in the back seat of the truck and nobody would talk to me. They were just talking, taking me to the range. So I shot them. I feel bad about it, but they wouldn't talk to me. I'm sure they've forgiven me. Hmm. And then he got sentenced to life in prison. Um, But it does say he was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, was prescribed antipsychotics and antidepressants, was experiencing auditory hallucinations, paranoia, and had threatened suicide. Um, It says symptoms, psychotic symptoms were caused by alcohol abuse and offered inpatient treatment. He declined and stopped taking his medication. So... Obviously, just like whole scenario is really sad, mm-hmm. um, because he was like doing a good deed, and then ended up dying. But I, they made this movie pretty quickly after he died, because he died in 2013, and the movie came out in 2014. So they it, they may have, and the memoir came out in 2012. Like, there's a chance they started. They started it, it prior to. That's yeah. I'd be curious. That is really fast turnaround for a movie. I would be shocked, or I mean, that would be crazy if they got it out. You know, after I'm gonna see if oh, principal photography began March 31st, 2014. Okay, ten days of filming set in African village set to begin in blue. As on August, originally Steven Spielberg was in interested in directing. Uh, their project together was lurching along in development, so I think it was already being made. It it says that it looks like it was announced that War- in twenty twelve it was announced that Warner Brothers had acquired the rights to the book with Bradley Cooper set to produce and star. Cooper had thought of Chris Pratt to play Kyle. I think he looks more like him. But Warner, who does? Um, Chris Pratt. But Warner Brothers agreed to buy it only if Cooper would star. In September 2012. Okay, yeah. So you're right. It did start a little bit, but then they. Right. I'm surprised they like continued with it so fast. But um, I thought Bradley Cooper did. I would agree that Chris Pratt looks more like him, but I feel like yeah, Bradley did Cooper a did a really good job. And I haven't seen Bradley Cooper in that much, but what I have seen him in, he's so freaking good at committing and like, I don't know. I just feel like he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm to think if I, I don't think I had really any other thoughts. I mean, I feel like we've really hit on all the important notes mm-hmm. and I'm just going to end with like, I did like the film. Mm-hmm. There was obviously some bad effects stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually like the one light part of the podcast is the fake baby. So if you watched the yeah. movie, hopefully you saw the fake baby. Well, no, there's no way you didn't see the <laughs> fake baby. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as bad as uh, in Twilight in the last movie when they have yeah. the fake I would baby. say worse. I would say worse. No, because in Twilight, you, there's a fake face. No, the whole th- right, I know. They CGI the I face, know, and I know. it's so bar- terrible. I know, but 
I mean, at least it's alive. <laughs> like it was a real baby that they edited. I mean, there was things ha- like you were seeing things happen. Like the baby was alive and doing things. Whereas yeah. this one, like like we said before, you saw the whole side of the doll's face. And yeah. it's just like clearly a plastic baby. They should have just shot it better if they didn't have a real baby. Like, that was yeah. like I Clint think, Eastwood. What were you doing? I think <laughs> I, I think Uncanny Valley is better than Plastic Baby. Un- what? Uncanny Valley. You know of that concept? No. It's basically when something looks really close to human, but just something about it isn't quite right. So it looks like weird. Mm-hmm. It's basically, it's this, it's, the idea is that it looks so, it looks really close, but something's off. Yeah. That makes you, that triggers something in your head that says, that's not a person. Oh. And okay. it's like, I think, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think the mm-hmm. idea, like, there's some theories that it's uh that it's like something that we've inherited from our ancestors to help like basically um defend ourselves against like would be like infiltration or yeah. like intruders sort of a thing huh. but um anyway in terms of in terms of war movies it, it was pretty okay i've definitely got ones that i like better I think it doesn't t- it doesn't touch on the PTSD thing but uh it I what? I think just I'm getting there. Oh. Uh <laughs> it doesn't quite touch on the PTSD the same but it it from a different perspective uh shows kind of an ex- the experience of someone who like when they come home they don't know what to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. because they've you know they've only known like they've known the military like their the military for so long is hurt the hurt locker yeah i i think i oh like, i saw you looking that up early yeah yeah i because i might there's it's, put it on it, i might put it on <laughs> but i've got other stuff too that i could easily put on over to, or instead of it but um like that one for that kind of for that kind of stuff i i enjoyed that one more and again not that it it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I'm not saying it makes this one not good. It's just there's other movies that kind of tell a similar story that I like better. Okay. Fair. But uh, in terms of our little segments, too, I don't really have much. I'm, I, I think I've said this before. I'm not a big fan of the spinoff kill-off stuff when it's a real story. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean character did get killed off <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is horrible to joke about because it's a real person but i mean it did it for us is what i'm saying like we don't even have to do yeah that. it was i mean and this movie was it wasn't overly long and it wasn't bloated with much like it, i think it was it was there's really no unnecessary character it was concise yeah it was yeah no they did a good job I I mean, this is something that I was curious about that if you could make a story out of this, I would be interested is I'm curious, like, if his one of his kids, like, is interested in the military at all. And like, if they are, that would be like an interesting uh, road to take just to yeah. see there if they also have an interesting story, like right. kind of like how in, you know, like Top Gun Maverick, we see like. Is it Goose? Mm-hmm. Uh, His son, Miles Teller. 
Yeah, but what's Miles Teller's? His call sign's Rooster. Rooster. We see him, you know, like following in his dad's footsteps. So right. just if there's a similar story like that, right. that could be potentially interesting, but that's I mean, all I got. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, like I've said, I would real, excuse me, when real people are involved, it's, uh, it's a different thing. Yeah. For favorite quote, I will say this. Um, I saw, uh, I was texting uh, a friend about this today, and they clearly really like this movie because they remembered this quote, and so I'm going to steal it. And it's right when he's about to kill, I think, Mustafa, and, like, you know, that really long shot. Mm-hmm. And he says, aim small, miss small, do it for biggles. That was just, like, a nice one, I guess. I use, uh, I've... That's like a mantra I've used in sports. Aim small, miss small for golf and bowling. Is that? It's not, not from this it's, movie. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not like unique to this movie. Okay. I think it's just in general, like a. I think it's just in general a, like a gun culture thing. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. I think uh, we covered that one pretty good. Yeah. So, what are you going to add to the wheel? Um, like always, I like to get your input because obviously I've got this whole list of movies that I could choose from, but I've the three, two of the three that I have pulled up on my computer are not on this list. No. So, um, I have one that I'm leaning towards, but I'm also, also up for some, up for some, uh, input. So I've got another war movie. Obviously, we just mentioned The Hurt Locker. Okay. Um, that one I've seen. Uh, I've got one that I haven't seen that I've been meaning to watch and just haven't gotten around to. Oh, I know that film. Have you seen it? Nope. But, but you know, know it of it. Because it's Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> so we could do that one. Yep. It's oh. good time, by the way. Yeah. Good, uh, <laughs> good time. Uh, it's the Softy Brothers. I really enjoyed Uncut Gems. So I would imagine that this is kind of a similar, I would imagine a similar vibe. Okay. Um, which I'm sure you haven't seen Uncut Gems. I know it's Adam Sandler. It's, it's nutty. Not, like, if you're an anxious person... Don't watch it. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying it's anxiety-inducing. Okay. But for all the right reasons, it makes it a really, really good movie. But anyway. Otherwise, I have... There's one that I'm, I want to put on the list, but I'm not sure you get into it as much. And it's kind of, it's, it's a movie that makes fun of war movies, sort of, sort of. That's kind of like the sub thing that's going on. Okay. What is that It's a comedy. It's called Tropic Thunder. Oh, is that with Jack Black? He's in it, yeah. Okay. I've heard of that, but I know nothing about it. Okay. It's basically what it is. It's a, it's kind of like a. I don't want to say parody, but I'm going to say parody. 
it's a kind of a parody on uh Holly, big Hollywood, big Hollywood, and like kind of how I don't know. It's the whole thing is about them getting this movie made. Mm-hmm. They it's they're trying to make this Vietnam era movie, mm-hmm. and they to do so they kind of like put the they put the actors kind of like in a like a a situation where they're to elicit like realistic responses and feelings while they're doing this thing. Yeah. And the idea is all the actors in it are like these big name guys that are all really egotistical and full of themselves. Okay. And it basically plays into every, every, uh, stereotype of Hollywood. Okay. I think it, I, it's one of the, what, I yeah. think it's one of the funniest That's movies fine. that exists. We, you could pick any of those. I know. I know I can. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a part like a, you know, I don't gravitate towards one or the other. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you were looking for that. I have a feeling that I know what your reaction to Tropic Thunder would be. And I got to tell you, I don't think you're going to dig it as much as I do. Okay. So do you want me to ruin it? No, you wouldn't ruin it. (laughs) Then don't put it on the wheel. It wouldn't ruin it. It wouldn't do it. I'd... Every oh man, I'm prolonging this longer than I need to. Let's put good time on there. Tropic Thunder will make its way on the list because I do think you should watch it. Because I would be interested to talk to you a little bit about it. You just want to get get a rise out of me with that film? Um, a little bit. No, it's just so it's one. It's this movie that comes around every now and then. Uh, be, talked about every now and then because. People see it, see it without wa- watch it, or they either watch it without watching it, or they see it without watching it, and then judge what's going on without knowing what's actually going on. Is Robert Downey Jr. in that? Yeah. Okay. Right. So he's on Joe Rogan, and I think he got asked, "Does he do blackface?" In the yeah. Movie? Okay. Yeah. So that's like one of the things that like people are trying like are upset about they always try to get ben stiller to apologize about it oh he did blackface too no 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 no. he's the director (laughs) oh ben stiller's the director yep and um and the star too but it's one of those things where if you if you just watch the movie you understand why why because it's a parody or right it's not right it's not like it's not like robert downey jr is playing a black guy I see what you're saying. Like, he's making, they're making fun of. Somebody doing blackface. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It, that was like a movie that I watched in one of my, like, college classes. We watched a movie where, that, oh, God, I wish I could remember what it's called, but where this guy has a very racist, like, boss at his TV company that he works at. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to feed into this racist stuff so that I can, like, essentially make fun of him with, like, like making fun of how he's racist. But then it ends up completely black back backfiring, and he has black actors do blackface to show how, like, ridiculous, but then people actually end up, like, liking it. Point being that it's also, like, a satire movie where the characters are meant to be horrible because mm-hmm. it's making fun of itself. So I see what you're saying, what I'm getting. Right. 
but okay. But That's anyway, fine. eventually we'll get it on there. Okay. All right, spin a wheel. Uh, yeah, let's go over the picks quick. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, so in no particular order, we just added Good Time. Um, I think that's on Netflix. I think it's been on Netflix for a while. I think. Uh, Brothers was added last week. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, still on the wheel. The Impossible still on the wheel. Yep. Signs still on the wheel. And from more <laughs> recently, Chicken Little. Well, Signs mm-hmm. was the first ad. Yeah. At the, from the very beginning, but and Chicken Little, which is our 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 call in. Yeah, hopefully that one actually doesn't get picked because she's my friend's out of town. Ooh, so rip. If that does get picked, maybe we could just like... How long is she out of town? Just like next week. She wouldn't be able to be here, but the following week she'd be able to be back. So if anything, we could just When did like, she leave? Yesterday. Oh, damn. I was thinking <laughs> if she was going to leave at the beginning of the week, we could no, squeeze sorry. it in if it gets picked. But otherwise, we could just do it anyway. Yeah. And just postpone it a week. Like, spin twice. Yeah, we could potentially do that. Because if it gets picked and she's not here, she's going to be pissed. That so. would be hilarious. A travesty. Let's, we, we, should do our, we should do better about not uh, manifesting this stuff <laughs> into existence because it might happen. Uh, all right. We're Let's... getting close to... Yeah, I think so. You have to say it. You read my mind. <laughs> I don't know how many... Oh, wait. Are you looking? Okay. Yeah, I'm checking. <laughs> I'm going to check. So, Donnie Darko was 15, so that means it was number four for this season. And there's, there's two yet to come, plus this one. So, there's three left. Okay. If my quick maths is correct. Okay. So, we'll see. Do you want to spin, or do you want to, or do you want to record? I think you this time, so okay. I'll spin, but I could be. Just ready. make sure you hold this when you spin. Hey, uh, ready? Uh, whenever you're ready. Signs. 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 It is nice. I'm actually. It's always the movie I'm, like, least excited about. Oh, come on, come on. (laughs) I don't know anything about it. It might be good. I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, like, it's Mm -hmm. just, remember I said with There Will Be Blood, I was like, this this is the one that I'm least excited for, Mm -hmm. and it gets picked. Well, you gotta, you gotta go in with higher expectations. It's hard to, when I don't know what they're about. Yeah, but, I mean. The other ones, I all have a general idea, even good time that you just put on there. Anyway. All right. (laughs) So signs it is. Tune back in next week to hear us talk about signs. And <laughs> don't forget to follow us on social media. Um, you can do the social media shout out, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah, cause we both, because we both can never remember what the handles are or what? I know the Twitter one is at T-T-O-O-L-Pod. Yep. And Instagram at twist, turns, and one-liners, all one word. Yep. Um, and you can... Uh, you can email us at uh, twistturnsoneliners at gmail.com. Yeah. We should just um, get a sticky note. Yeah. We get a sticky note so we can keep reading it instead of pulling up our phones. One of these days it'll stick. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, the, I'd, I'd say the best route 
reach out on Instagram at this point. It's probably the easiest way. Yeah. Um, obviously, all those other ways are just as valid. But For sure. Until next time. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.